The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. And we'd like to welcome you to another edition of Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio. And you can catch LI News Radio on that radio app so you can take Spotlight on Long Island Schools wherever you go. And be sure to stay tuned in to hear about the amazing things that our kids are doing in Long Island Schools in Nassau and Suffolk County. And this week in our Spotlight, we'd like to welcome the Smithtown Central School District. And we're going to be talking with the Director of Science over at the Smithtown School District, Dr. Stephanie O'Brien. And listen, science, Dr. O'Brien, I'm going to start off with saying science was never my thing. I, I think I got into it as I got older, particularly watching Mythbusters. So this is what you're dealing with here, okay? Uh, my my science experience, chemistry I struggled with. Had a really good chemistry teacher, though. Really, really good. Really tried hard. But that periodic table, holy <laughs> moly. But science is a very different world. Then we went through it, and we're going to learn all about some of the initiatives you got going on there at Smithtown. So welcome to Spotlight on Long Island Schools. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Great. And let's talk a little bit about you. You have been in the education field for a while, but we're, we're going to start off with you were designated a while back as a master teacher in New York State. And that's kind of a big deal if people aren't aware to get that designation. But you were you were like one of the first ones out of the gate with that designation. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. All right. So what does it take to be a New York State master teacher? Tell us about that. Yeah. So when you would like to apply, you have to get letters of recommendation from a colleague or a principal in your school or your immediate supervisor. So in that case, it might be your science director. Um, and you go through an interview process with uh, the state university in Long Island. Our local area is Stony Brook that has the master teacher program. So you go through a period of like where you do a practice demo lesson for the group and they evaluate you. And then they have about a five hour interview with you. In addition, you have to take a content test in your subject area to show that you are adequately prepared to be a master teacher and you meet their level of criteria. And you also have to uh, write some essays to make sure that you you qualify. There's also some commitment to outside organizations. They like to make sure that you are very involved within the community. Uh, that's a big part that you not just are a good teacher, but that you actually care about kids beyond the scope of the classroom. So doing some types of clubs or sports with the kids, uh, having some type of extracurriculars, um, or just being yourself involved as a parent, a coach, some type of leader within this within your home district is, is fine as well. Okay. So, and, and it's pretty competitive too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And peer review is always a little tough. Now you have been a director of science there in the Smithtown school district for how long? So this is my second year uh, in Smithtown and it's been an absolute joy uh, to work with an awesome team. Uh, we have a great group of directors, principals and um, central office staff that's ex extremely supportive of all the initiatives that we're trying. So I've been very fortunate to be there. Yeah, and for folks that aren't aware, the Smithtown Central School District, kind of in the heart of Long Island, right? Not North Shore, South Shore, kind of, kind of in the middle or a little closer to the North Shore, but two high schools, a fairly large school system. So about how many students totally uh, enrolled there in the district? Do you know, uh, approximately, I'm going to say yeah. somewhere between five and eight, somewhere in that range, right? Yeah. Might even be high. I don't know. But yeah, so big enough have, to have two high schools. That's, that's what we Right. Have. We have uh, two high schools. We have... Uh, three middle schools and we have seven elementary. So lots of many, many students. That's a big school district. So the one thing that fascinated me and, and I was excited to talk to you about, you know, you're, you're a science teacher, director of science, 
but this is a K through 12 system of STEM. So, you know, when people think of science, they may not necessarily connect it with the primary grade levels. And that's one of the big major changes that public education has made over probably almost the last 10 years. Talk to us about how you push STEM or sometimes STEAM, right? We can't forget the arts, obviously, but down to the primary levels and some of the work that's being accomplished there. So we are extremely fortunate in um, each of our buildings, we have a STEM specialist and the STEM specialists, we they work together really well in helping develop and push out curriculum. So one of the struggles that elementary teachers face is that typically you don't go to school to be an elementary teacher to teach science. It's one of those things like, ah, I'm going to teach it because I have to teach it. So what's great is that we have this support system where you have a STEM specialist within your building that you could use as a support to basically co-teach when there are lessons that that may rely on a little bit more content that you need support. Um, they also help prepare materials. So we use a, um, a framework called Project Lead the Way as our curriculum, which is pretty unique. We're probably one of the only schools on Long Island that use it. And it's um, a very robust program and that is very project-based. So the kids are engaging in science from a very young age where they go through this inquiry process of having some type of problem to start, start their unit. So the kids read a story typically at the elementary level about okay, there's some issue that's going on, there's a problem, how are we gonna solve it? And then they learn the content as a way to help them solve whatever the problem is and then finish it up with a project at the end. So it's a complete problem-based approach learning um, and the kids really seem to enjoy it. It's very hands-on, it's one of their favorite parts of the day when we get to do, we call it like PLTW, Project Lead the Way. So it's like an exciting part, like when you know that science is coming as opposed to maybe like more of a remote memorization type approach. So the kids really, really love it at the elementary level and it feeds really well into the middle school level and the high school level where we also have uh, Project Lead the Way courses that they could take um, as well as our traditional science program. So it's kind of this K through 12 continuum, which is really great for the kids to experience. So it's probably almost the kids are learning science and they don't even realize it. Give us some examples of what the primary level projects would be. So one of the uh, projects that they do in um, fourth grade, for example, is they are learning about energy. So the kids will create, um, kind of have like a crash test where you may have an egg and you have to design a seatbelt to try to figure out like what's gonna prevent like a car accident. So you're trying to create this real life scenario for the kids, it's pretty cool. They do lots of different activities in every grade level. There's uh, where they grow, grow plants or try to figure out like what type of habitat would be best. Um, they do even in the elementary, like even starting really young, they have lots of projects that they do with erosion. Uh, right now we're working on like a project where we're gonna try to relate North Shore and South Shore of Long Island with erosion to try to bring it more, more home. So in addition to having the Project Lead the Way curriculum, we also have the expertise of these STEM specialists to say, hey, are there some things that we could do to supplement that PLTW program to make it uh, more unique to us? And we're fortunate that three of the STEM specialists are also master teachers on Long Island. So we have um, a pretty solid staff and, um, and I'm, I'm proud of the work that they're doing. They work fabulous together and um, I'm really excited about what they're doing. So you got the all-star dream team over there over in Smithtown. And you know we hear more and more about Lego robotics and coding at the primary level. So do you guys have initiatives along those lines as well? Yeah, so our, um, our Project Lead the Way curriculum also has, um, there are coding modules within that and our project lead the way staff has trained our librarians because there's actually like digital literacy standards that librarians are required to to teach so in each grade level we have coding um, as part of that yeah so and cool. and folks don't understand i mean this is pretty high level stuff i i know one school district in nassau county was teaching kids coding to mimic and mirror the same 
the Thanksgiving Day parade with bots, if you will, with mirroring the balloons, and they even incorporated some digital media stuff. It was very, very cool. I mean, yeah, our, most yeah, folks we, don't realize the rigor that you guys are pushing down on the primary levels. They also have um, to support the kids. They have Lego robotics as a club after school in the middle schools. Um, we have a fantastic robotics team and a tech department at our high school. And the kids often from the high school go down and support the middle schools. So there's a lot of peer collaboration to to help with the robotics. It's really a great program. Talk to me about the difference for you professionally going from a teacher to a director of science. So the uh, difference I would say is obviously like you don't have um, the kids in front of you in the classroom, but I will say that you could think about the teachers as a variety of students. Every teacher has a different level of comfortability with the content with different pedagogical strategies. So it's kind of been a shift from teaching kids to teaching teachers, um, especially as we go into developing, uh, we're in this age of new standards and we're getting a new regions. So just trying to be as supportive as you can to the teachers and knowing that they now have to teach um, in, a, in a kind of a new way. So it's been a good shift in that I'm very familiar with the uh, standards and I spent a lot of time doing professional development with the standards. So I felt like it was a good time to shift gears. All right, well, you could hear the passion. You could hear the passion and you can't fake passion. And, and I'm just very excited. And she teased it. She teased what we're going to be covering in our next segment because there are some changes coming down the pike, particularly with the science regents. And I know that would probably scare the bejeebies out of most folks. It's like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? It's bad enough. And now they're going to change it. Well, we're going to talk about those changes so that you're aware. And we're going to talk about how the education system is preparing for that and maybe even some further changes on how they change graduation standards. But more and more, STEM and STEAM is so critically important on every level. We're talking with Dr. Stephanie O'Brien, Director of Science from the Smithtown School District. And you're listening to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 1039 LI News Radio. Again, catch us on that LI News Radio app. Take us wherever you go and stay tuned into what's happening on schools across Long Island. And check out our Facebook page, Spotlight on Long Island Schools. That is your place to suggest a program club or activity that your students are involved in. And just like the Smithtown Central School District and Dr. Stephanie O'Brien, you may be the next one right in here in our spotlight. And we're going to hear about those changes coming to the science regions when we come back from the break right after this. We'd like to welcome you back to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio. Bob Vecchio continuing our conversation with the Director of Science from the Smithtown Central School District. It's a big school system, two high schools, a couple middle schools, a whole slew of elementary schools. And intertwined through all of that is science from the primary grade levels, middle school, right up to the high school. And we're continuing our conversation with Dr. Stephanie O'Brien, the Director of Science over there in Smithtown. And you alluded to it before we uh, took a little pause for the cause, as they would say. There are some changes coming down in the Regents exams for science. And so let's, from a, a parent's point of view, let, let's break it down. What are some of those changes? Let's, you know, stop people from panicking because you know, I could just, I'm a little panicked, you know, like <laughs> what, what are these changes? They're already hard enough. What, what's coming down the pike? So I'll say like, if you think about um, a high school course that you took, I would say that the majority of people probably don't remember much about what you learned. So you definitely learned a lot of information. You probably memorized a lot of facts, probably did okay on a Regents exam. 
So what's happening now is that not all of us did okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of us <laughs> were sweating that Regents exam. <laughs> well, say most of the kids, well, most of the kids in Smithtown do pretty well. So I will say that what's happening now is that we find that kids often don't remember that information, and there's been a lot of research on how kids can learn and retain information, and we find that contextually students remember more information when it's based out of a problem or a phenomena that they could relate to. So the way the Regents is gonna change is that instead of having, like you could kind of take a practice Regents and, and see very, very similar type questions, we're going to try to make it so that students will be given some, what we call a phenomena, which is just an observable event that you would find in nature and try to explain what's happening so that when you learn something, you could apply it to a new situation. So when you go somewhere, you go on vacation, you see an event, you're like, oh, I you know, you have, I've seen something like that. or heard about this in science and this is why it's happening so that you could apply it in your life. So that when you see things and you hear things, you say, oh, okay, I understand what's going on and I could explain the things that I do in my life. Um, instead of just being these little concrete examples of, oh, I memorized this for the regions. We want students to be lifelong learners and be able to understand what's happening in the world around them. So the main shift I would say is that it's going to be more like big broad events that happen in nature that students can explain and then be able to apply the content that they learn to explain what's happening in that particular event. Um, so that's one of the shifts is uh, making sure that students can relate information to future scenarios that they see. Um, the way that the new standards break down is there's what we call next generation science standards, which are a national movement. And we have our own version in New York State called New York State Science Standards. So it's NISLIS. And the standards are made up of three components. So you have your content, you have what we call science and engineering practices, and these core ideas. And traditional regions would just be content, like memorize content, spit the content back out. We ask a question, regurgitate the information. So now instead of it being all content, it's kind of just like one third is content. And the content is weaved through these science and engineering practices that the students are gonna learn. So science and engineering practices are things that, what are things that scientists actually do? And it's they ask questions, they make models, they plan investigations, they analyze and interpret data, they think mathematically, they have to construct explanations. Sometimes they make, um, they have to argue from evidence. Sometimes they have to communicate information. So we want students to be able to engage in these practices and not just be able to regurgitate information. We want them to be uh, productive citizens in the world. And that means that you may not be able to just regurgitate information, but you may develop all these other skills that are important and will carry on. And along with that, we want them to be able to use these skills that they may develop. We call these cross-cutting concepts that are going to appear over and over throughout their K-12 career. So sometimes we think about science in terms of cause and effect or structure and function, or from a system perspective, we have to think about science at different scales. Uh, we could think about how things are stable and then they change. What happens with energy and matter and what are the patterns that flow through nature? So over the course of their K-12 career, they're going to see these cross-cutting concepts over and over and over. They're going to engage in these science and engineering practices over and over and over and just develop the skill at a different level. So at the K-2 level, there'll be certain expectations for how they'll develop these skills at the three, five, and then so on six to eight and then at the high school level. So they're going to be building off of these skills so that it kind of spirals over and over and over as they go through. So you're gonna learn the content by doing. So instead of memorizing, you're gonna actually engage, you're going to have to argue and that's how you're gonna learn or you're gonna to have to make a model and that's how you'll learn. And the model may explain, this is the cause, this is the effect or this is the pattern that I see. So it kind of intertwines these three components but they see them, what we call it as a progression. So, like, so at each level, there's something else that we expect. So for example, um, at the K2 level, you might have to just identify 
this is a pattern. So I know that patterns exist. At the three, five level, you may say, okay, I know that a pattern can be used to support an explanation and be able to do that. At the six, eight level, you may be able to use a graph, a chart, an image to identify a specific set of patterns. And at the nine, 12 level, you might be able to then make a mathematical representation to identify a pattern. So the idea is that you're building off of the skill that you developed at each band and developing it further. And the same thing with each practice, you're getting, you're building that knowledge as you go and you're building it using the content that you learn. So instead of just learning it and spitting it back out, you're learning it through this, what, like more of a process-based approach. So it's a building block. And for a district, there's got to be alignment K through 12 as you build on each segment. Exactly. It, it makes sense to me. So I'm, I'm going to throw out this to you. How do you see the infusion and the growth of artificial intelligence impacting so many of the aspects that you just described? So I'll say that the, the reality is artificial intelligence is here. Uh, but one of the things that's uh, unique about these standards is that the students are going to be doing things that are kind of unique to them. So they are going to be, let's say, making a model that describes how they're thinking in their brain about a specific science concept. So those models are going to be different uh, for every student. I think AI is a little bit harder to make a model to do those things. So while they're there and they exist, I think that the learning itself is going to be pretty unique to, to each individual without without that. So and I think sometimes teachers worry about it, you know, like how much is artificial intelligence going to affect what they learn? Yeah. I feel like if it was the old standards, it would probably be more impactful because kids could just look up the information and spit it back out. Sure. Whereas with the new standards, it's a little bit harder to use artificial intelligence because it's, it's hard to, to use that to create what you're thinking, you know, and, and to demonstrate that or draw a picture of that to explain that. Right. And you probably will bring it in as an asset to build on to certain other segments as the process goes on. Right. And and where do you envision as director of science, where where do you see the growth for Smithtown, but not just Smithtown? Like, I remember the first time I heard the term flipped classroom was right. from a science teacher. Right. And <laughs> making it interactive and not so much dictatorial or, you know, teacher at the front of the classroom. Where do you where do you see it going in the future? Right. So I, I think that that's that actually is the heart of it is that we're going to see that students are going to be more and more the central part of the classroom and that teacher becomes more and more of the facilitator and the kids are the ones asking the questions. So one of the ideas behind the standards is the kids see a phenomena and they ask a question. So the beginning of the unit should start with what do the kids want to know? So I'm looking at this example of, let's say, something exploding. I want to know why does that happen? How does it happen? That is what drives the instruction. So the kids questions about what's going on, why it's happening, then becomes the focus for the next day's lesson. So the teacher has to figure out what is it that I'm going to do that's going to be able to support the kids to answer the question they want to know. So we say that the kids really drive the bus in this. The teacher has to make sure that they choose a phenomena that's appropriate so that the students have the opportunity to learn the content. And as long as they're doing that, and we'll provide the teachers with the professional development and support to be able to do that, the kids are going to be able to learn in this way that where it's their interest that's really driving this. Um, and I see that as being like the, the growth of this is like super exciting that kids are going to be the ones a part of it. I can't say enough about how much I hate rows and lecture and how that's not the effective way to teach. And well, lecture has its purpose. Sure. Um, I like that the kids are going to be the ones to be the true inquirers and the ones who are explaining. And we're starting to see shifts now. And and that when kids get up and they make models of things and we have whiteboards and markers get up and explain it's so much more exciting to be in a classroom where you see kids explaining what's happening or this is what i'm thinking and this is what i want to know more than a teacher saying this is what you should know so that kind of um, joy and excitement in kids is really is really what i'm excited for where we're going 
So it really is kind of Mythbusters coming into the classroom. The kids will <laughs> yes. say, hey, can this really happen? And the teacher will be like, well, let's see. And let's see what exactly. you can create and rule out all the different. See, so Mythbusters was a little <laughs> bit ahead of its time. All right. She well, was. Dr. O'Brien, I really want to thank you for the conversation. Again, your passion just comes through so vividly here. Thank and, you. you know, Smithtown is lucky to have you. Thanks for explaining. When are these changes? Very quickly, when are these changes coming about? All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity and I'm excited to represent such a fabulous district. All right. Well, you've been listening to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio, out on the web at linewsradio.com and check out that LI News Radio app. So no matter where you go, you could learn about the Mythbusters that are coming to a classroom <laughs> near you and all the exciting things that are happening in our schools throughout Long Island. Thank you for tuning in each and every week to learn about some of the amazing programs and the amazing talented kids that are tackling. Listen, we got the highest number of Regeneron semifinalists in the country every year for a reason. Thanks to the dedication of educators like Dr. O'Brien and her team and teams throughout Long Island. So thanks for tuning in each and every week. Until we talk again, you be safe, be well, be kind to each other. And we'll talk again next week. Thanks for tuning in. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.